waiting for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa, and I give a shit. Hey, I give a shit that you're listening. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, We have a great show here today. But before we get started, it's also my job to make sure that I remember to ask you for money. (laughs) So if you're listening and you're enjoying this, it's not just us. It's like doing the right thing. You know, standing up for free media, free speech, and all that other stuff. So go to our uh, homepage, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash donate. Uh, you can wait to the end of the show. Maybe you're thinking of giving a quarter now, but by the end of the show, I think it, you could be up to five bucks. So sit it out and then donate, okay? Thanks. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm really warmed up today. I just want you to know because uh, my husband and I, you know, we've been together, uh, it'll be 20 years in um, September. Oh, my God. Well, I'm old, so, you know, things add up after a while. But, we, you know, every once in a while, like, we really we really can't stand each other. And then we go in for a tune-up. So this is one of those times. And the only time I could go was this morning. So I had to rush around and go to, I've already been in couples therapy. But, you know, it's funny because... No matter what, I notice that when I go into the therapy office, I'm like really pissed off at my husband. And then when I leave, I feel much better about him almost every time. So I uh, I think that was an, a well-spent hour and a great warm-up for my guest today, who I am so excited to have. It's the one and only Kevin McCaffrey. Hey. Hey, Kevin. Thank you. That's a, uh, an ovation from 100% of the people in this room. <laughs> they, Thank they you. Are, they are. But, you know, everyone at home is secretly going like, yes, finally. <laughs> so, um, Anyone who, who wanted to hear genuine talk about Syria and then me talk honestly in the same hour span, you can't get that anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we follow up democracy now. How yeah. You know, I mean, what kind of... That's the best warm-up. At, at, you need relief. You need comic <laughs> relief after this. Yeah, it's, it can't all be one thing. And this <laughs> right. is, I mean, this is there are a few things that are more than one thing, more than the roster of this radio station. They take you down, we take you up. Uh, yeah, up and down, totally. <laughs> so Kevin is a... Um, a very, very uh, highly esteemed, successful comedian. At least, oh, I mean, you. in my book, for sure. I mean, okay, so he, he hasn't. Ha- you haven't starred in any movies in any <laughs> Hollywood movies. I have not starred in any movies. I was in one movie. I'm sure you were. It was not a Hollywood uh, movie. It, we shot in upstate New York. Uh, I played Keith, leader of the drunks, is how I'm credited on IMDb. Oh, very good. It's a little indie movie. Well, that, yeah. Oh, indie movie. Yeah. But Kevin is, you know, um, a really, he's the real deal. I mean, here's a guy who's made um, uh, living his whole adult life in comedy. He has done, you know, stand up on David Letterman. He's been on all these TV shows and um, he has a lot. Kevin, can you tell us quickly? Sure. What, what like, give us your, re- this, this, bio is literally four paragraphs long so sum it up give us your career highlights and what you're working on now bios are the worst and then put your website in there oh sure uh it's kevin-mccaffrey.com is the website so that has the the aforementioned four four paragraph bio which will thoroughly cover it all but uh yeah basically i'm a stand-up comic that's my main job the the best one of those things i did was on letterman a few years ago that was a big bucket list thing it's great for me thanks so much and uh yeah it was great to get that in before he left obviously 
Uh, and then I, yeah, I've, I, you know, I toured doing stand up. I, uh, I've been on a bunch of TV shows, a lot you, of those talking head shows, you know, on true TV and VH1. And where, you write a lot. Mm-hmm, yeah. And right now you have your own podcast and you're on TV. What are you doing right now? So we can know right now is, uh, the podcast is college stories, which is exactly what it sounds like. My, uh, I talk to comedians and just showbiz people in general about their craziest college stories or most influential college stories, mm-hmm. whatever. And you went to ball state, which is where Letterman went. It is. And yes. you two have acknowledged that on the air. We did. Well, I think he, I don't think he mentioned it on the air, but after my set, oh, I was told, I, I, I was told by the, person who books the stand-up uh she as he was leaving the office in their sort of post-game conference uh he she just threw an oh and he went to ball state and dave turned was like i knew i liked him that's why (laughs) and then like (laughs) left so that i hear it was acknowledged privately yes so you guys you guys yeah we're basically best friends yeah okay right okay um and you have a a comedy album coming out yes uh, coming out, yeah, and then we don't have Couple the months. release date yet, but probably like March or April. A if, month or two. Yeah, it will be okay. called Nice and Nice and Drunk. Okay, is what why it'll be don't called. you, um, when when that comes out, why don't you send us a track from sure. it, and I will be happy to play it right here. Thank you. Dr. Lisa gives Hell a shit. Yeah. I think we should do that. <laughs> yeah, let's all give a shit. So l- look forward to that and listen every week till till we do it. Folks. Yeah. Make you... So anyway, I, um, I, you know, actually... Kevin does this really great show once a month called uh, called Serious Se- Matters at Union Hall in uh, Brooklyn. We're the first Thursday of every month except April. We, we get put to a weird date, but March first, if you're in Brooklyn, eight p.m. Uh, come out in that. And yeah, Dr. Lisa was our guest. I I think was it the last show. I think it was the last yeah. show, the beginning of February. Yeah. So I had the honor. That's kind of how we met. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I had the honor of being on the show. So I have uh, we have friends in common. And hi, Shane, one of our uh, hosts. <laughs> yeah, he's listening. You know, he did. He's yeah, our he, friend in common. He posted he's really about kind yeah. of, and so is Ramel, our friend in common. Mm-hmm. So we have friends in common, but I don't really know. I don't really know Kevin. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a very good impression of him, <laughs> and I think he seems pretty well adjusted. But I don't really know him. Sure. And I was so here. I'll catch you up. What we were talking about before. Uh, we got on the air. What? Why you were listening to the down the down stories about Siri and everything? Mm-hmm. Um, so Kevin and I. So Kevin, here's what I know about Kevin. Mm-hmm. Kevin hasn't been in therapy, but everyone in his family has. Pretty much, yeah. My yeah. immediate family, yeah. all at least at some point. And my uh, my youngest brother didn't go very consistently for a long time, but my mom, my uh, my mom and dad both have, and uh, my other brother for a little longer so at least at various points everyone has right. been except me right and yeah. so you're the oldest of three boys i am yeah your mom got your parents got divorced when you were eight mm-hmm. and your mom's kind of gave you a lot of she really like put a lot of faith in you yes very I, yeah very very encouraging huge huge amount of belief uh bordering on you know delusional which is nice you know uh, but yeah, super supportive, uh, affectionately. Which, which also gave you a lot of responsibility. Sure. Yeah. 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 I, I think I, yeah, in some ways I probably see, have seemed like a, a, an oddly grow, I probably seem like a child cosplaying as a grown up, uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty early on. But yeah, I was, uh, I, I was the, the, I guess, man of the house when I was like eight. Yeah. Right. Right. And one thing that I observed about Kevin, which you agreed with Kevin, mm-hmm. is that, uh, Kevin has, and I, I, I mean, I sense this, 
because you know I'm so smart and everything. But and I'm <laughs> yeah, Because I'm a mind. No, but I, no, I said to Kevin then I thought he was a really natural comedian, and he knew like from being from when he was a little kid that he was always going to be a comic, which you said yes to. So Kevin's life. This is my impression. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin, like since he's a little kid, I'm going to be a comedian. Uh, not that he hasn't had obstacles, but he's had a pretty sweet career. He's made a living. He's worked on warm-up comic for Letterman and stuff like that. So Kevin has always kind of known what he wants to do and has followed a fairly um, linear path to becoming a comic, which I'm sure has had lots of ups and downs. So on the surface, Kevin seems... I'm going to say bland. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think like, for, I mean, I, I think I don't quite as easily, uh, at least just in like sort of a two di- two dimensional snapshot photo. I don't think I come off as like artist, right? Because it's I think the the idea of an artist or performer in general, you think of, uh, you know, much more, uh, much more of just like a wild card personality in general. Well, I mean, when, when I, what I see, and by I, you, I, mean I went in, I yeah. went, I, I wasn't thinking that. I mean, what I was thinking is here's somebody who hasn't had to, has had as far as a direction in life mm-hmm. has had a pretty, hasn't had a lot of angst. That's what I kind of mean. Oh, sure. Yeah. Cause you've that. always been pretty directed and there's a prescribed path that you, you, I mean, it's hard to get on that path, but you've done it and you've succeeded obviously. Right. But succeeded, it sounds, you know, when you say succeeded and to, to a degree, I agree that I have succeeded at certain things, but it doesn't feel like a success. So the angsty right. thing, I think, might be may, <laughs> that that might be hidden pretty well. But I, I yeah, I think yeah. I'm a pretty serious angst guy. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah. this is your this is the listeners. They're like yeah. looking at your <laughs> website now, and they're like, "Fuck, when this guy has no problems? Look yeah. at this. He's been you've been married." Been married for four and a half ish years, years, but we've been together almost as long as you guys. Uh, we've been together for sixteen. See, that's what I'm saying. And you're thirty five. Mm-hmm. I'm sixty one, honey. Basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want to hear about my thirties. That was ugly. <laughs> I think no, we, so- we do at some point. Yeah, tease that episode. Yeah, <laughs> there's some sex in it more probably than now. So <laughs> sure, be interesting. No, but uh, so you know, you you you're like uh, you're good married. You know, you seem like good marriage material. You know what I mean? Like I, a stable, so. nice guy. You've, so so anyway, uh, I don't always insist on this, but mm-hmm. I kind of insisted this time that Kevin do therapy with me because <laughs> I want to find out what the fuck is going on. Sure. Going on. I'm really threatened by how <laughs> well adjusted you are. I think well, <laughs> you, you won't be threatened for too long, I think. But yeah, I feel like I've been I've had comedian friends describe me as I when I show up the it, it, uh one comedian named Dan Saint Germain who's super funny. Oh yeah, he's great. Yeah, he said whenever I show up, he feels like his older brother's coming to get him out of trouble, kind of. Which, but he's also seen me very drunk on yeah. multiple continents. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. yeah. Well, you're definitely not an uptight guy at all. Sure, so I'm sure. I'm sure you have your moments, but that's what I'm trying to get there. Right as hey, as fast as I can. Go for it. So as I said earlier to you, like, um, so let's think of an issue that um, we could discuss something that you would if you were if say I was you were really in therapy Mm -hmm. today, like what what do you think is on your mind? What are you kind of stressed out about or what comes to mind that we could discuss? I mean, it might be a a bland thing, too, but just the idea when uh, the idea of the failure thing in general, like being a failure, like, as you say, it looks like uh, it's been successful to this point. And as we were talking about before air, 
Yeah, there have been successful things along the way. But one thing about being a comedian or performer or artist, as you know, is that, uh, you know, yesterday going well is no guarantee of tomorrow going well. You right. know, there's no there's no sort of salary structure that guarantees you're going to be a livable adult human being by doing this just because you've had success before. And I feel like I'm in uh, some sort of uh, like in a bit of a lull right now in general where uh, I have less, I mean, besides stand up and, you know, album coming out, hopefully that'll be good. Yeah. And knows. a monthly show, a monthly, uh, show at union hall, which is and great and a, fun. A, does a not pay radio rent. But, show and a <laughs> yeah. TV, t- what about all these, t- do you have, a, you have TV shows going on now? Uh, I'm on air a lot right now, but none of those are taping right now. So uh, I'm not getting paid for them right now, but uh, you could probably turn on true TV and I'm talking uh, right now. I, I would oh, assume. I see. So like, uh, the show true TV world's dumbest. I did two episodes was on it for seven years and they still rerun the shit out of it mm-hmm. uh, but there's no residuals coming off that oh, you know I what i mean so just in terms of being a, a person who can I, I think the first level of making it for me was like okay i don't have to do something else that's an exhale i can at least technically survive doing this and i did for a long time and and you are now i am at this very moment mm-hmm. but uh i'm also not too far away from not doing that you know mm-hmm. so uh and I, I think it's a 30s thing in general where mm-hmm. it's the sort of is this it kind of thing mm-hmm. where you don't know like okay did it do you just get to be the cool grandpa who's like hey check this out i had a youtube video this is me talking to a guy he was a big tv host tv used to exist i know it's just snapchat <laughs> now but that used to be a thing you know so it's uh yeah it's sort of like i i there were a couple of peaks and that's great but uh, I feel like right now I'm in a bit of a lull waiting for like, all right, what's the next thing? And, right. what, you know, which is normal for every uh, freelancer, really sure, totally Just, yeah, freelancer. Um, but I know it's also really common. I mean, the most the most successful people are always when things are in a lull or it's difficult. Sure. And I think with with what I do spe- specifically uh, is a thing where especially that I'm a comedian that doesn't play a character. I play myself. Uh, you know, and I say true things that have happened when you're not succeeding there. It is because you particularly are not being successful. You know, it's not like I'm not doing, you know, if I was, uh, you know, pick yeah. uh, a lot of jobs. If, yeah, if I was you're not a, hired. Yeah. You get hired to be like the straight man for this kind of movie set. Sure. Or something like that. That's <laughs> yeah. a character. Yeah. But it's like if I don't if I'm not succeeding, it's like, oh, the thing we Kevin, the Kevin, the thing we don't like about this is the Kevin part, you know. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, let's be honest. If you want stability in life, I think out of all the creative pursuits, I think comedy is probably lowest. It's, it can't be one of the highest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, at least be like if there. you're an artist, you usually have a physical product. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can show someone, right? Yeah, totally. That you could maybe sell for something. <laughs> right. That, yes. <laughs> or that is, trade for a cup of coffee. Yeah, exactly. Get you a little know? barter situation going on. It's hard to barter just talking. Yeah. Comedy is not. And do you have kids? I do not. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. something. Yeah. I mean, that's, can you imagine? I. It is It is hard to, right? It's hard to, like, especially where I am right now. And that's probably like, my mom was a real wizard about raising three kids on no money. Uh-huh. Uh, but I saw how she did that. And I was like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to wanna have kids. No, I, it's it's not that. It's just like, I think in an ideal world, I would love to. But really? I just, yeah, but I just don't. But I don't know if that's what this is, you know. So mm-hmm. I don't I, I feel like I would need 
something to pop. So you really, you really want to have financial stability before yeah. you have children, and right. you're okay with that. Yeah, I is think that so. really frustrating? I mean, it's frustrating just in that, like, I would like to have the amount of money where I'm like, oh, I believe I can survive indefinitely. Right. That would you'd be. Have a, you'd like to have a little more security, and I'd feel like I'd be able to make more choices. Then I feel like I'm not, you know, right. Yeah. So I wonder if, um, even just starting this conversation and bringing up the concept of we're talking about your career, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if, um, not being successful as a concept is sort of a bit of a um stress for you because of the way you were brought up in that you were were you brought up as sort of like the gold standard in your family with of the boys or anything like that or i mean not i don't i don't think i mean it, my mom certainly believes and believed and believes that i'm a gold standard but so are i think so are all three of us you know uh mm-hmm. she just has you're not all the, the belief. favorite <laughs> What we, it's funny, my brothers and I, uh, did say, we, we, we said at one point, and it was joking, but obviously it came from some truth where I said, I fully believe my mom does not have a favorite, but if she did, it would be me. Okay. And my brothers were like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And they, but they both also were like, no, she doesn't. But if she did, it would probably be you. And I mean, that makes sense. I've been around the longest. So, you know. And you probably, yeah, well, whenever you, you, yeah. you help, you know, something you said is really stuck with me in the beginning mm-hmm. before we were on air was that you helped your mom wanted when you were eight or something, your mom wanted you to like approve the apartments. What oh, was that? She would like she I feel like she gave me and I and I enjoyed this. Uh, she gave me a lot of say early on in what and it wasn't like I I did the shopping for where we're going to live or anything. But when we, when she found a new place to live and my mom took us, she moved us, uh, after the divorce to a very, uh, very good school system, a very wealthy area, but we were the poorest people in this very wealthy area. Yeah. You know, so we had to move every two years or so uh-huh. because they would tear down the house and then build a mansion on where uh-huh. that place was. Right. So we'd move a lot and she would always take, you know, take me to the, pl- uh, to the place, take all the kids, but basically be like, what do you think? You know, mm-hmm. which is cool, was cool for me, but probably, I guess not every kid gets to vote on where you live at that age maybe um well there's a good side to it and it's also a lot of responsibility oh, sure. for a small child i mean mm-hmm. which you were and uh also you know if things aren't going well like if the you walk you move in and then like the toilet breaks i wonder if a kid in your situation might feel some of the responsibility oh i picked the wrong place oh yeah i yeah i mean i feel like I could I could see that. I don't think I felt like that. I think mm-hmm. I think one thing because obviously when you're kind of poor-ish, uh, you know, living in, in these places, I think one thing that was probably good was I saw that sort of no matter how weird the place was or small or whatever, like it kind of doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. uh, and I think mm-hmm. my that was something my mom sweated a lot more, you know, sweated that. The place wasn't, you know, if it wasn't mm-hmm. super neat all the time, if everything mm-hmm. wasn't put away, if it was, you know, our place is smaller than everybody else's, whatever. I think she or if something's broken, I think she sweat that. But the kids, I think the three of us never did at all. You mm-hmm. know, that's good. Yeah, that's good. And what about your relationship with your dad? He lives in New York. Uh, he always has. He he. Uh, we lived on, on Long Island uh, pre-divorce mm-hmm. and then. Uh, he he's lived in Manhattan since then, and we're cool. Like we don't. I mean, we don't. I mean, was uh, he a good dad? Was he around? Was he involved? I mean, technically, he was. I mean, he wasn't around really post 
eight because we lived it you know we lived in illinois and he was here oh i see um but uh you know i'd visit uh i'd he'd visit uh maybe like once a year or so to illinois and i'd come out here for thanksgiving and spring break usually and sometimes mm-hmm. another so i'd see him like i don't know between th- depending on the year probably mm-hmm. like between three and a dozen times a year so you he know? was like he, he was like a regular i mean it was he was there yeah, I mean, a, he was as there as any divorced dad living in a halfway, halfway across, across, the the country, across the country. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like we're, we're cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just like he wasn't around. Yeah, he wasn't there. I mean, from the time I was, eight, uh, you know, I was the man of my house for longer than he was, you uh-huh, know. Right. So, right. Uh, yeah, I, you, you know, we're we're good. And since I since I moved here, it was nice that it worked out that way. When we when I right, first got to reconnect. came out here, we lived in the same building as him. Uh, and you know, I'll go over and watch Notre Dame games with them and stuff. Oh, that's so, nice. Yeah. And did um, your mom date, have a boyfriend, remarry any of that stuff? Uh, she dated almost none at all until I was almost out of high school, which is probably not something that I think people would recommend to her. But for me, that's great because I hated it. <laughs> like I hated you didn't like her when dating. your mom was dating. No, why? Because I don't think that's I don't think that's how any kid is built to be. Like I can't wait to meet mom's boyfriend. <laughs> you know, I I don't think that is a thing. And by the way, I like love the divorce. I'm psyched that they got divorced. Yeah. That is the like my life was a lot was a lot better immediately that's afterwards. Good. The Chicago area they didn't was didn't get along well. They just I mean it's it was nothing you know dr- super dramatic or messy, right. but it just yeah. they weren't supposed to be together. Yeah, and yeah. so I have a very high opinion of divorce now. <laughs> you know, I'm a big no. Fit. I mean, yeah. yeah, no, that's good to hear. Yeah, right? that there's it makes sense in a lot of cases. Right, totally. To and I tell my mom that you know I think my mom thinks that she feels like there was something more broken and mm-hmm. lost there and i mm-hmm. i truly don't i'm like no the best the best was really post-divorce when we went to illinois and then everyone was doing what they're supposed to be doing you know right because i think some people just aren't built for like day-to-day parenting and i think maybe my dad wasn't like that but i think he i think my dad basically has the profile of like a good grandpa you know right <laughs> like, oh that's good you know yeah. and like a good uncle you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and but the day-to-day thing is like it is a lot it is heavy um so yeah. So let's talk about um what's going on as far as you were saying that you have anxiety about your career or something like mm-hmm. that. So like what's that feel like? Like what are you thinking about lately? What's been going around in your head? What's been cycling around? I mean, just I feel like something has to happen <laughs> soon kind so is of. Is that like a feeling of impatience or a feeling of Inpa- I mean, impatience failure yeah yeah both those things i think uh, in, uh failure for sure is always there and then uh impatience and then also like have i been too patient to this point because i think it's probably a, a standard middle 30s thing i'm 35 mm-hmm. so for for all your 20s and you know whatever everywhere every age up until now right we're the oldest we've ever been there's more <laughs> there's more future to it so right. and in the future things can happen and if you're optimistic and you believe in yourself which are things i think to a pretty good degree i am and was uh in the future things will happen so the shrinking of that future when things can happen is mm-hmm. a bummer you know mm-hmm. um and and i did have things some things happen right like i i, I, had, yeah. some, I, had, I had some good breaks and i I'm, i am good and uh I, I like I remember looking up just because I was curious uh, when I did Letterman. I was like, oh, 
I did Letterman the exact same day of the year that Letterman did Carson in our oh, in really? our thirty first year. Oh wow! Uh, I was, but I was two months younger at the time. Except Dave's career awesome. took off a lot quicker after that. Got a good break. Oh, he, he did. Yeah, he's also very very good. Uh, but uh, yes, so I think like up to thirty, like right at thirty one, I feel like all right, boom, here we are. Now things are starting to happen. And some things have happened since then, but uh, I feel like I'm I'm waiting on the sort of the thing, mm-hmm. you know. And what what do you think that the thing would be? I guess you know I I don't know like exactly. A regular like a TV show gig, like a writing gig, a or TV a show that's mine. Yeah, that's sh- yours, your yeah. own TV show. Yes, that wow. would that. I mean, that would be the thing. I mean, because I've been on a bunch of other people's shows. Right? Yeah, so being on a TV show is not, the novelty's worn off. Well, it's like I'll do it, and I love doing it, and it's right. great. And those yeah. and those. Jobs are oddly easy, especially when you just show up and and right. perform. Those are, are pretty easy because you just do it and right. you leave. So you, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I think I would like to. I would like to do. You know, write I, your own show. Yeah, I would like to have a and my own thing. Write and perform, but yeah, but the writing, the ideas, is is the crux of it for you. I think. I think for me, it's just hard to separate the two. You know, yeah, because um, right. mm-hmm. just because I do write what I do, right, right. So, uh, and you know, what interests mm-hmm. me about this job in general is being able to say the things you want to say about whatever you want to say it about. And, yeah. So, um, where where are you in that? I mean. Ooh, no. Honestly, far enough, huh? honestly, like hearing that, it's like, and and I think that I can see that as a realistic goal for you. But I'm just mm-hmm. like, it's to me and and uh, the uh, you know the people, my listeners, most of them who are mm-hmm. like, you know, like I like to say, unemployed in the basement. No, but who knows? Who knows who's listening? Sure, I'm I'm unemployed hey, on the I second floor this, a lot. I put this. I tag this on your. On your on your Twitter page, so there could be some really successful people listening today. <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, but anyway, I think to most 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 people, the idea of talking about having your own TV show that you write and are in seems like a crazy dream. Oh, of course, <laughs> and laughable. Of course, but what have what else? What else am I doing that doesn't kind of you know? No. Does, it, does being on Letterman sound like a normal thing to do? I mean, I killed on Letterman, so uh, that like a lot of this isn't normal. Also, I mean, a there's so many TV shows. There no, I'm just so trying many. to. I'm just trying to give you a little perspective, which you already know, probably sure. anyway. On oh, and like, I know the stats. Like you're on already it. and well, but I mean, you're yeah. already far. You're already successful enough that we're having this conversation. Yeah, and I guess that's, on the radio, it's a real, it's a real champagne problem, <laughs> no, but, right? Yeah, no, but it's not. It's right. not. It's not because mm-hmm. that's um, it's just not because this is the life you know, right? And uh, you. You know, you've sacrificed security for a lot of things. I mean, there's sure. a lot of things you could be doing where you wouldn't be being. You've <laughs> totally. ta- you're, ta- you're taking a lot of risk to be in this position. Um. So what I'm wondering about is if you always feel this way or when the last time you felt this way. Uh, this way, this way in like, in terms of impatience and like, it's not happening. And I like, there's two things that you pointed out. One is, um, impatience Mm -hmm. and the other's failure. I mean, failure is always, uh, that's coming and going pretty consistently forever. I think you never (laughs) not feel like a failure. No, I, I, there are times when I don't, but there, it's never, it's never that far away. So you always, I mean, you've had regular successes. So I'll, I'll say after you have a success, you feel like a success. Yeah. But then eventually that wears off and you wind up feeling like a failure again. Uh, yeah, I think so. And it's sort of, I think it's sort of, and, and I don't even mean that to sound 
uh, as as heavy or dramatic no. as it probably does. But uh, it, I when I was saying before, I think one thing about me as a comedian is is that I I do know when I've killed, and I also know when I've bombed. And there are a lot of comedians, like I was saying, that either think they've never bombed, or if they have bombed, they think it wasn't their fault. You know, and oh. I think and I think I have a pretty reasonable view on when I do well and when I don't. Mm-hmm. So I think part of it is just that because there are times when I have been successful and done well. And I think I've I've been like, okay, yes, that was good. I got it. And then there are times where I'm like, oh boy, I blew that. And mm-hmm. I'm also like pretty super aware of that, you know? And it can be about dumb stuff mm-hmm. too. Like like this week I I uh I I thought I bombed a commercial audition, which is like Jesus Christ, like, who cares, right? Like, um, like yeah, I, right. I didn't get into this to do commercials, commercials but it would right. be a nice way to make some money, right. you know? And it's, you know, fun. You do a two-minute sketch with someone. That, that's that's fine, you know? Yeah, right. But b- getting down on, your, on myself about, like, bombing a commercial audition, which I did and I do, is, like, I also know in one part of my head, like, that's crazy. Like, the, this is not... You did not want you yeah, do, you're right. not on this earth it's to do not, commercials. No, it doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Um, like a lot of this stuff doesn't, but it also is the only thing we're doing right now. So, you know, so uh, me, yeah. but, it, but it always, uh, no one, no one wants to not feel like they did their best. on Exactly. Anything, totally. Right? And especially when it's like, when I know it is my fault that I didn't do well in a thing, because yeah. it's not always, sometimes things are out of your control, but there are like, there, that's the thing is like. If I, no matter what it is, it's like, all right, I should have done better at that. Oof, that's a tough feeling to share. Creative people out there, this is a really important point that Kevin is making that I want to emphasize for you, which is that Kevin um, evaluates himself in an honest, he has the capability of being honest with himself. His ego is in check enough that Kevin knows when he's doing well and knows when he isn't. And I think that if you want to really develop as a creative person, that's key. Uh, thank you for that. Oh, lesson, sure. No, Kevin. that's good. I can't. I'm always, <laughs> I was very excited let, to hear let's what happened. Do a, let's do a station <laughs> ID because I got to get these people. I think that we're up to a good 250 here on the donation. Oh, yeah. We're right on pace. That's on perfect pace for the five at Didn't the end. Did you learn something so far? Isn't this, isn't this really? But anyway, I just want to say thank you for listening. Uh, this is Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit on Radio Free Brooklyn, and I'm talking to um, a very successful comedian. <laughs> and by any by any uh, by any uh, stretch or judgment or or um, matrix, uh, Kevin McCaffrey, and uh, we are talking about we're doing a therapy session. So let's get back to that. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking, Kevin. Yeah. I'm thinking that I'm wondering if there's a connection between the role you played uh, in your childhood growing up and your feeling of success and failure. If there's a connection, like I'm wondering if there was you being the oldest, how Mm -hmm. uh, that maybe you were held that you felt that you had to set an example or you had a sense of responsibility or something and that like you were looked at maybe you were idealized a little bit as m- more of a success as a success i'm not take you know you are you're a great example of a human being and a creative person so, oh thank you, Jeez, you know, let's, let's I put mean, that on the bio no, i'm I gonna add wanna, a fifth paragraph i'm not, I'm not taking anything <laughs> away from that you, that's 
you start out at at that. I t- said you were well adjusted right away. Thank you. So, so we're you you in a certain way had a very um, esteemed. I'm going to use the word esteemed role growing up as the oldest of three boys and the the person that had a say over who had enough intelligence and sensibility to know whether the apartment was right and probably a bunch of other things. And I'm wondering if you, the way children look at their parents, that they need to see them as sort of flawless. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you have any of that or if there's any, some, if there's a connection there, I'm trying to make that connection. Yeah, no, I think, I think there, I think there probably is. Cause I'm sure I, yeah, I like, I, I do think of my mom as a pretty like ideal you know, version of what a person's supposed to be, and like, and what what a, a, a definitely what a mom's like in my head, like what a perfect mom is 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 that hundred mm-hmm. percent. I think that, and uh, I do think if anything, this uh, between my home role and then like adult role is I'm also in college. The I, I basically immediately took over a TV show, and that's where I met my wife, and that's where I met my best friends, and then we all moved out here, and we all work in TV and comedy together. And I think I do take a lot of responsibility for the group closest to me. And uh, I, like that was definitely a home thing for sure. And like wanting my brothers to do as well as they could and and for my mom to be okay. And uh, I do think like when I, if I'm not doing as well as I could here, I feel like not only is that bad on me, right? But like, that is that doesn't help my wife that doesn't help the people closest to me who i want to all succeed together kind of mm-hmm. so i think that probably <laughs> i think there probably could there i'm sure there is a parallel there um cuz yeah i feel like if i i i do feel like if i don't make it kind of a lot of people don't make it mm-hmm. um and that's that's not super cool i guess mhm so you have like an extra dose of responsibility, which helps you, but it also, I'm wondering what the reality is of the group of people that you're involved in. I mean, mm-hmm. are you, you know, you said you took over the TV show right away. So let's say um, your fantasy goal is to have a TV show sure. with all the, the same group. Totally. Is that yeah, what yeah. we're talking oh, about? Oh, of course. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm writing a script in my life, that's exactly it. So yeah. are all those people, are you more motivated than those people? Who uh, are all listening, by oh, yeah. the way. Well, <laughs> I'm sure they aren't because they've there's heard all this before. Number. But. <laughs> you know, there's a call-in number. We don't use this a lot, but if you yeah. do have an opinion, call in 718-928-9732. Uh, you know, I think in, in some ways I probably am more motivated than most of them, but uh, not but not necessarily, and it could be like just different kinds of motivation too. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I do probably treat it. I I think I have less of a, I don't know. I I would say my wife is, is like me and that neither one of us have a plan B, you know, like, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, I, that's how I want it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but she's a comedian as well. Yeah. She's a, she's a comedy writer and producer Mm -hmm. and and actress and Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, she doesn't do stand up. uh, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, but she's, yeah, she's in she's in the business. Yeah, she's a, yeah. So which is great, and that is a, a, a way where I'm super lucky because I feel like I could not probably be with anyone long term 
unless it was either someone who just thought I was brilliant and trusted everything I was doing or someone who totally got it from the very beginning, did the same thing and was super talented. Mm -hmm. And and Jamie is that. And Mm -hmm. like she she gets it, you know, and so I so I don't have to do the thing that I think a lot of comedians and performers and artists generally do when they meet someone where they have to sort of make them understand the weird elements of this life. And Mm -hmm. like, no, I am. I do have to go do this Mm -hmm. free show. Like mm-hmm. the three free shows in Brooklyn tonight. Yes, that is getting towards something. It really is, but yeah. it's hard. You know. Yeah, she gets it totally. It's great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think so, like yeah. So you feel like a certain extra? Do you think you have an extra amount? Of, do you think your friends feel the same way? I mean, do you think that you have an exaggerated amount of uh feeling like you're failing or probably? I you think so. I, I think I, I yeah I'm sure I exact because I don't I don't think my friends uh like blame would blame me no, you know what I mean not. like I like I do they're, they're they're good people but it's sort of like I also don't know how it would be possible for them to talk me into not feeling like that well do you know what I mean no one's job to talk anybody right. yeah, oh totally I'm not that. asking them we to, know we but know that but I'm we saying, know, I mean we yeah. know that but yeah no I know but I'm I just saying I can't also, be convinced. I, think, I you know. wonder also if uh, if if I was your friend, I'd be like, Kevin's got this. I'm just going to like, you know, I'll do a couple shows here and there, hang out. But Kevin's going to make it. He's going to get the TV show and I'm going along for the ride. Do you think your friends think that? I, uh, there might, I, I mean, that's their own problem. Sure. Totally. <laughs> but uh, there might be some of that in. Yeah. I mean. Uh, I, I'm somewhat, I, I should be working harder, but yeah, I think like if, if those friends want to make it, uh, to the level that I think we wanted to, then yeah, I think they, you know, that they're, uh, they maybe can or could have done more, you know? Sure. But also it's like, it's not on that, you know, everyone's got to live their own life. So it's like, no, they don't exist just to make my wishes come true either. Right. You know? No, but I mean, I wonder if it makes it, I'm wondering if there's, um, you know, I mean, and I'm, I don't even say this isn't a healthy thing or a sure. helpful thing, but I wonder if there's some dynamic that you might naturally uh, have with with people you're close to, where you're sort of want have the drive to make things happen and include others, so they can rely on you. Whereas, like, um, like maybe, did you feel like that with your brothers? Did you? What did? What was your relationship with them like? Uh, I, I think I'm, I, uh, A, I think, yeah, I do have, have, have that in general. Uh, B, I would say my brother Joe and I, uh, were very older brother, younger brother, a pretty pure older brother, younger brother dynamic. We're, we're very close now. We're pretty much, you know, we, we butted heads a ton as kids, but basically the day I went to college, we were very good friends, you know, like it, it mm-hmm. so, uh, and and we were still like I still would coach his baseball teams and stuff oh, as, a, okay. as a kid. My youngest brother Patrick, uh, who uh, who's an ER doctor now, which is crazy. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, and uh, he he's seven years younger than me, but he also looks crazy young. So that's a very weird thing to see in <laughs> your uh, coming to you in the ER. But uh, I was I, I was like we're good friends, and uh, but I do think a, our relationship is a very like hybrid dad brother thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I like I was a full on like assistant coach for his baseball team 
his like baseball teams when I was a teen. Mm-hmm. I was like the youngest assistant coach in the league by like 15 mm-hmm. years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I, you know, I, yeah. Were you worried about them? Do you, do you think that maybe some of the anxiety you had about the divorce, you kind of turned into like a positive, uh, motivational thing by taking care of them or something like that instead of feeling bad worrying about yourself worrying about them? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I guess it would, with them, I do, I do care a lot that they like just are okay, you <laughs> so know, good. like, you know, uh, <laughs> and, awesome. and, yeah, but, and I'm sure I like, I didn't do that the be- in, in, in always the best ways uh, as a kid too. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, pre- I'm invested in them doing well. Very right. Much so. Right. Yeah. And so maybe some of that transferred over to your friends. Totally. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think so. And honestly, w- yeah, I, I, w- with my friends, it might even be, uh, specifically with like my college friend group, it, it's almost like uh, almost more response, mm-hmm. at least in modern times now, feeling more, <laughs> feeling like more responsibility uh-huh. now. So that's, my brothers are good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a doctor. Yeah. yeah they're fine. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not trying to say it's negative at all because mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I, there's nothing about it that necessarily is. But one of the things that I have to ask as a pretend therapist is, <laughs> Uh, if any of this is getting in your way and holding you back, like, for example, I wonder if the responsibility or energy that you put in focusing on the like the other the other people, like, sure. I wonder if some of that if you were much more selfish or self involved. Yeah, I've wondered that. And I, I've wondered if like if it also, you know, in a in, in a not irony, but in an, I guess in an incorrect usage of irony that everyone uses is, 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 is ironically, maybe had I been more selfish earlier, that would have been more helpful to everybody. You know, if if I could have if it if I just uh, and, and again, like I don't I don't really like know what I passed up on specifically. But if I was more like solely me focused earlier, maybe I would be farther ahead and would be able to pull more strings and stuff. Uh, and again, it's like part of it is this, it's just a dumb industry. So it's like, these are talented, uh, you know, I have a very talented group of friends who all should be getting stuff, but, uh, yeah. Well, I think it also helps your confidence and your vision as a performer to have them sort of in the, in the proverbial room. Absolutely. So it's kind of, um, but I'm wondering if. Okay, so I'm just wondering, like, what would it be like? Like, let's, like, I just want to think about what it would be like um, if you are you still like. It seems like they're in your head when you're thinking about your career. Yeah, I mean, not on a minute to minute basis or no, anything. No, no, but, but I mean, they're they're like ingrained in your thinking about your career. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So I'm wondering if big could, picture, yeah, yeah, the big picture. So I'm wondering just for the for the hell of it, if we could freshen that vision up by thinking about what would be different if you weren't thinking about them or if it would even be possible if you were, I'm wondering if you're limiting yourself creatively by having um, a set group in mind. Right. And I think like, I almost think it would be more comforting if I thought I was, you know, cause it would be almost a way it would be a reason for why I don't have more or something. It could be something I say like, Oh, mm-hmm. maybe if I wasn't doing that, but I, I don't really, I don't really think so. Um, if anything, I think earlier on, I could have made a better effort to 
expand my group more and meet, mm-hmm. you know, meet more people and meet, meet more people who are into the, the same mm-hmm. stuff. Cause we really did basically move here together and live together yeah, and all that stuff. It must have been awesome. It was great. It was, oh, yeah. My, and, I, and you, and you yeah. still, I mean, that's great. It's enviable in a lot totally. of ways. Totally. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's like, and I don't, and I don't regret that. I do, but I do regret it. It's sort of like, uh, when the kid who goes to college in rooms with their best friend from high school, you know, that kid doesn't really get the full college experience, right? Because right? right. there's no like, they're not right. compelled to meet everyone they're supposed to and be as open as they could. So I do think in college, it went so great for me, partially because I went there and I was the only one from my high school was at this college. So I, it, you know, completely open. And then I moved, when I came to New York, it was the opposite of that. I came out here and was with everybody already, which is great. And as a gift, but also, uh, yeah, I was like less open to meeting to meeting and working with people earlier, I think. Mm-hmm. Now I think I'm pretty open, but uh, to, to working with, with everybody. But at the time, I, I sort of was like, well, I've got this. So I don't, you know, I feel like I didn't get out mm-hmm. as much. Did you have a fan? A fantasy like we all do um, or a vision at that age that something was going to happen with that group and that was your focus. Oh, sure. And it's in which is crazy, which is crazy in a general sense, because it's I mean, it's a crazy idea on its own. But also it's not crazy because that does happen in this industry. <laughs> like, it, you know, that does have like the college humor kids and, the you know, the, uh, there's been a bunch of different, you know, sketch groups and stuff that. Uh, was just like a, a sketch group out of college and then they, they just got yeah. stuff, you know? And so it's something that has happened. Um, and, and I think you guys probably did make a lot happen. Yeah, we did stuff and did stuff I'm proud of and, you know, stuff we did uh, that at the time I didn't even think was that good. And now if we, you know, we try to get together every Christmas uh, and watch our old college Christmas episodes and then and then other stuff we did after that once we moved here and uh, like the times we've done that in the past couple of years I'm like Jesus this is actually good you know and it's a surprise now and I'm like oh man this should be something you know um, when at the time where you, you know you're so caught up in it and you're mm-hmm. like oh, nothing's happening and it shouldn't probably and then now mm-hmm. I'm like no no I work out I do this professionally some of this could be something you know um, yeah so what about like creatively like the projects that you're working on now would like how are you i mean you're you i imagine you spend a lot of time writing i mean i know you perform all the mm-hmm. time right right that's the most the most consistent thing i do is stand up so i'm doing mm-hmm. stand up in the city most and you, you have know. an agent manager and all I, that stuff i have i mean i have uh a agent for colleges specifically for doing mm-hmm. college uh shows and then I have uh, like a commercial agent, but I don't have I don't have an agent or manager besides that. Right. So um, are you so you get booked on. So you have somebody booking you on college shows. In theory. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A couple of. Yeah. A few a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you doing most of the booking? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. In terms of clubs, uh, I it's. You know, I that's really reach out. Yeah, I think so. With stand-ups, it's like stand-ups. Yeah, is such a, no, it's, I, it's so weird. It's, it's just like you. It's just you. You don't need like a whole like band or something no and it's so nuts because i mean i, I took two commercial classes and uh, i immediately had uh, a, a very cool uh commercial agent that sent me out for stuff immediately i've been doing stand-up for 10 years i've been on letterman i've done you know i've made mm-hmm. a kind of a lot of money for a stand-up through this and tv and i don't have a stand-up ma- agent manager is like crazy it's just how stupid stand-up i don't is. understand this no me venue, neither but it is know. garbage so so um anyways so i'm just trying to figure out if 
you were expressing some regret of the past. And oh, we for all have, sure. And totally. we all have regrets. And that's, Hell yeah, Dr. Lisa. The- <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I am crazy. I'm way too nostalgic in general and uh, like and just full of regrets really? and just, yeah i'm regret machine regret uh, i regret lunch before i'm done ordering it oh uh, yeah. so that's that's that could be holding you back sure i 100 percent believe that yeah so let's think about like okay so one of the things that is really powerful in your life is the dream of becoming a comedian moving to new york and having you and your friends who probably were were you guys stars in college i mean i mean i guess in a sense yeah, yeah i mean it seemed yeah. like you guys were a big deal in college i bet oh sure as, as yeah as far as the yeah we yeah were, you were like this is gonna happen and you imagine yeah. it was gonna you had the dream and you were young and the dream the dream didn't happen as big right away as yeah. everybody had hope. Right. We for me, I felt like I felt like a first round draft pick where they had like a really good rookie year and then got injured or something, and who knows what happened since. Well, in the art world, they yeah. just tell you to look at all the Whitney Biennial catalogs and yeah. see if you recognize any of those names. Oh, so, totally. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. You show up big, and yeah, yeah. So there we go. Yeah. Uh, but is is that is that something that like, is that something that you haven't quite processed, I wonder? Or is that is that when you say nostalgia, is that what you're talking about? Or is that more of a childhood thing? Or what do you, what, what do you really mean by nostalgia? I think nostalgia, uh, like, I'm nostalgic in the sense that I, uh, I feel like I've had... Uh, I feel like I've had a, I've been very lucky and I've had a lot of very good breaks and I've had a lot of very good times. And so... Uh, I'm nostalgic about a lot of good things that have happened, which is great. Uh, except I feel like it probably compounds the not the bummed out about not making it better so far because I feel like I've had so many lucky breaks. So what's there to blame? Really? You know, it's sort of like Mm -hmm. if I am who I think I am, something should happen soon. If it, or something should have happened already or more. Did did you feel like that when you were a lot younger too? Uh, Probably. I think so. Yeah. I think so, like, yeah. So I'm saying this is a negative feeling that, that, that comes from something perhaps bigger than actual circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's possible. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but I, it's, 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 I don't think it's help, helping you. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you're looking back fondly in a way that's colored based sure. on what you've already achieved and maybe not imagining what you could achieve in the future. Right. Yeah. Whereas that's that's the helpful thing to do is to be doing the future stuff, be doing the present stuff. Yeah. Well, we're not yeah. talking about helpful. This is just therapy. <laughs> sure. sure. So, so I'm <laughs> that's trying. A, that's a great uh, tagline. We're <laughs> not trying to be helpful. Yeah. So ther- you're right. Yeah. I mean, therapy with a with you know. Yeah. Me. I'm into it. A real shrink. Sort of. <laughs> not really. Uh, so what I'm thinking about is that you might. You know, that could be, that could, that's not help, that's not helping you. So, the nostalgic ha- thing. The nostalgic and the, yeah, yeah, I agree with thing. that. Totally. So, how can we, how can we identify where that's coming from and let's think, think and try and, try and move past that a little bit work on that let's yeah. work on that sure <laughs> i think you need to reframe let's see if we can reframe that so you can take 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 some 
something to work on sure. after you leave. Sure. I'll give it a <laughs> in shot. In the next eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm imagining, so I'm imagining that you're looking back with rose-colored glasses i think so but i would feel better if i thought those glasses were more rosy like i feel like i i I feel like uh i don't know because i think a lot of what i look back on isn't so much uh actual like actual success or whatever i think a lot of it is is uh the the back in the day when uh there was more future Right. Right. Uh, So I think that's something I miss is like the diminishing of possibilities, which just comes with time, you know, Uh, and I I, I miss like being more hopeful, I guess, you know. Yeah. I'm also wondering if you're missing that feeling of youth. Oh, for sure. Totally. (laughs) You're talking to me here. I said 61, right? (laughs) Yeah, sure. So. Hell yeah, for sure. No, no. But I mean, like um, where. Any kind of achievement was a good achievement. The bar, like, there was a lot more um, hope. I mean... Totally. I, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, That's a lot and, of it, I think. And um, there... So, I, I'm, i like, thinking that you're feeling old at 35. Yeah, very much so. And yeah, yeah. I can understand that in comedy and stuff like that. But I also... We also... I understand that feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't necessarily think there's reality. It's real. It's I mean, not right. It's, it's based on truth. Yeah. It's not life done time. <laughs> you, you know, it's just, it feels like it's getting late early in what, in specifically what I do job wise, I guess. But, uh, which probably makes me feel like it's, mm-hmm. it's that way beyond job stuff too. When it might not, when it's not, you know, Mm-hmm. Well, I think there are like comedians who make it very young. Oh, sure. And then there's comedians who have a long, um, solid career and have highlights much later. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think sure. it's harder if you're a rock musician. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> once you're like 35 as a rock or 40 as a rock musician, like they're right. really based on like looks and shit like bullshit sure however if you're a rock musician and you knocked out that one great album you can tour on that forever with with comedy if i do that one great album people come out and see me and if they hear one joke from the first album they're like i already heard that well you picked a really hard field it's a real real dumbass choice (laughs) that that sucks i think that sucks i have seen you've seen like nostalgia acts oh sure fun yeah you're not having a great time no yeah (laughs) totally and oh yeah god talk about nostalgia yeah a lot of those mm-hmm. guys where it's like you know all that green room is it's like oh back in the day we were something you know yeah yeah, yeah. uh but you have a lot going on now and 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 you're but i guess you know what else is really weird i'm just gonna say this we have five yeah. minutes we're not gonna be able to really solve this but <laughs> Tell me i about think it. that uh of course you can cu- come back for another session when your <laughs> album comes back comes out oh, we'll sure. have something yeah, yeah. in the moment we got it because you need to really focus on being in the moment i do yes i agree in with the that. moment and moving forward and it's almost a cognitive i'm going to give you a cognitive behavioral therapy thing to sure. just kind of try to put out the past just try to like change the channel in your head it's just discipline i think it's a, something you're used to and mm-hmm. it's not but I also think that, like, you're married to a woman that you've known since you were... We've been together since we were 20. Yeah. And so, yeah, and I knew her and basically you're, And you have a lot of 
friends. So in, in truth, a lot of your life is, um, the past is present. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which so I think is such is, a great gift in a lot of ways. You know, There's but, a lot yeah. of great stuff to yeah. that. I also wonder if there's a, that it might be good for you to develop some other, do you have other things or develop like, Maybe you need like, here's an idea, like a new interest. Like maybe if you decided you wanted to, um, I don't know, take an, you know, write short stories and you got involved in like a short story group, you'd have a whole new group of friends and creative things. Have you done things like that? I just started, uh, writing for a, uh, for a baseball website. I'm a real baseball nut. So I wrote, yeah, I just uh, had my first baseball piece published. So that's probably the closest thing to like Mm -hmm. a, like an, cause it's not comedy, you know, it's like a side, you know, but is it a group of people? Uh, no, not thus far. <laughs> yeah. And they're uh, going to be baseball nerds. That's not going to help you. Those are people, those are, the, those are, it's a know. different version uh, of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. A less socially developed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I mean, yeah, honestly, probably, yeah, I would, I actually would say baseball people are less socially developed than even comedians, which yes. is, geez, that yes. is a tough burn, but yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying, because I just know, like, I'm just tell you my own experience yeah. like as a creative person like having a job in advertising as an art director and then making art on the side those things sort of balance each other or like one world to having two worlds like doing performing and doing visual art like i have now that's two worlds right so there's always like they feed each other and then there's growth and then there's different kinds of personalities and I'm a very, you know, I'm down, I get down on myself a lot and competitive about my creative work and all this shit. But then I am also able to evaluate myself along different, uh, with different groups. Right. It's a lot to ask of one world. Uh, well, it may not be feeding you everything. Yeah. It may, you may not because you're so directed, you may not be as balanced as you could be. Uh, Yeah. I, I, Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> I think that's a good call. So I like the idea that you're writing about sports. Mm-hmm. Now, there's an area that you could probably develop some new, a new creative group in. Yeah, I, I, I th- yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a minute and a half. Uh-huh. Uh, I just want to remind people again that they're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. I'm here with comedian Kevin McCaffrey and, uh, I think I think we earned. I think I think this was worth five bucks. I think so. Yeah. Oh, I feel, oh I've done shows that you had to pay more for that were much worse. So yeah. 100%. So go to that radiofreebrooklyn.com donate page, and let's talk again. Kevin, tell us again what's going on in your website. Uh, the website is kevin-mccaffrey.com. KevinMcCaffrey.com was taken by some guy who reserved it, and it goes straight to a pharmacy in Pennsylvania. So yeah. that guy's an asshole. But kevin-mccaffrey.com is my website. That's got all my live live dates up on it. If you follow me on Twitter, at Kevin McCaff, uh, on Twitter, Instagram, it's all Kevin McCaff. Uh, and that will, uh, I'll post when my album, Nice and Drunk, is coming out, which should be shortly. And you know what else, guys? I also want to like remind you to stay tuned because do you know who's on after this show? It's Elon Danziger. Do you know him? No, but that's a hell of a name. I know. He's yeah. a really awesome guy. Cool. And he does this really fun show. He does. He has like storytelling and music. The show is called Lost and Rewound. So stay tuned for my good friend Elon. 
Thanks again for listening to 